Jackie, you're out doing yourself. That intro was good. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Um, few podcast episode. I'm looking for the episode number. What episode are we up to, guys? I think we're four. This is four. Is this four? Is this, four? Four? is this a real four? Is this a real four, Alex? Or is it an Alex four that counts the zero? No, 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 no. We changed it. We, the zero is one now. <laughs> that was stupid. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I thought it was just a joke, and then it became real. Um, yeah, no, it's the fourth episode. Uh, for those that are here for the first time, the first episode was zero, and then we're like, that's stupid, let's call it one. We switched it, so this is four. Yep, yep, there it is. All right, so welcome, everybody. Uh, Dudas is going to be here in about a minute or two, so in the meantime, before Dudas arrives, let's do a quick introduction to, to like, to the man, the myth, the legend who's been back in the uh, the background here with the production level and has been doing an amazing job. At Jason Derulo, what's going on, buddy? How are we doing? What's up, guys? Glad to make an appearance. You know, been working on this in the background, having a lot of fun as we go through it. The show's been great. Um, glad to be finally on it. How are you guys Thank all doing? Jackie, it's good, buddy. So, Jay, what's your uh, what's your NFT history and Web three journey, really quickly? While we're waiting, oh, man, I, mean, I got in back at uh, the tail end of 2020. I, I got out of college, was working at a at a bank, and I didn't really love it, so I was flipping shoes. Um, playstations graphics cards at the time and one of my friends he posted in an alpha chat he was saying hey there's this like uh jpeg that you can go buy right now on nifty gateway it was a gucci ghost uh by trevor andrews i bought that for 200 bucks and just kept stuck around in the community through that winter and i think by the time it was february they were selling for like twenty thousand. and at that point i got hooked and started flipping it um so kind of like been around like worked at nifty gateway was trading being a dj and, and everything in between and finally found my way uh to alex with upstream that's yeah. awesome i feel like anyone who like buys something for like 200 bucks and then they sell it for twenty thousand dollars is just like th i think that's how you hook everyone you just got to get them to buy something for 200 bucks and sell it for like a, a you know 10 20 000 x can we bottle that somehow like if that's bottleable because like that does. It's the most addicting feeling in the entire world. Um, it's just gambling, right. Drew. Drew, it's just gambling. Uh, yeah, it's just, hit, it's just hitting. Me. It's just hitting on gambling. That's well, that's you, the, you know, that's the honestly, addiction. You know, honestly, it's like when I hit these, and it's the worst thing. Also, it's really actually kind of terrible because these new parlays. I don't know if you guys are are sports betters, but like I'm swinging for like plus thirty four hundred parlays on a regular basis. Trying and like now a straight bet, like an old school straight bet, feels so conservative. I like I can't even get the feeling anymore. It's like I need to I need to hit a, a hundred to win thirty five hundred or to win like ten thousand. You're you're literally Howie from Uncut Gems. That is like you, you can get out of the jam. Just give them the money back, and you're like send the send the girl to uh, what is it like uh, Atlantic City to make yeah. the the the. And that was what that was just like a three parlay bet. Listen, yeah, when you went through bull run of twenty one. Okay, yeah. I completely understand. Nothing like money is it's a it's a figment at this point. Yeah, no, it was crazy. Dudes, what up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing well. Happy Friday, Jones. Yeah, dude, how you feeling, man? This is uh, I feel like I feel like you're on a redemption, like in a redemption arc. Just like told you, motherfuckers, about Solana. Told you, motherfuckers, about Solana. How you feeling right now? Up only, you know. It's, um, yeah, it's a good. Uh, it's a, it's a. It's a very, um, you know, basically you can have conviction that something works, but it can take years to play out and you just, you have to be patient. I mean, we invested in literally a dozen, uh, a dozen, you know, Solana 
primarily apps, a little bit of infrastructure, but primarily apps in 2021, you know, everything from Steppen to you know, Magic Eden to um, Photo Finish, you know, sort of the, um, the horse race. Yeah. Photo Finish, I spoke to them this week. They're crushing it. Yeah, exactly. And it took, it took, a, you know, almost two years for, for the, for the thesis to play out while other horse racing games were sort of more prominent. And it's just really exciting to see people, you know, making their way over to Solana and just seeing the absolute quality of what these guys have created. And that's happening over and over again. And so it's fun. Uh, yeah. But again, we're, we're not uh, max. <laughs> I just like to, you know, you know, my personality, I like to support the underdog a little yeah. more vocally. Uh, you know, I don't think Ethereum uh, within the you know, sort of community and the group of folks that I interact with and who follow me needs more support. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a monster. Everything in Web3 needs all support, but I hear oh, you. Talk. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> my big thing is um, I just, my cause is that I think, I do think, it, I do believe Ethereum is inevitable. There's an ecosystem. And I do think it will scale, you know, via, we'll see you know, a handful of L2s probably. I don't think it's going to be you know, dozens or hundreds, even though that many will launch. And I think that it's important that we have credible, at least one and hopefully a few credible alternative architectures because we don't know what use cases are coming down the road. So I mean, no. uh, you know, I use my voice to try to make that happen while investing across multiple ecosystems. Yep. 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 And, uh, and I think with interoperability coming uh, more and more, I see a lot of infrastructure that's enabling interoperability. I think it's going to be about picking the right use case. So, all right, let's jump in. One thing that I thought was super fun, and I just like, we need to go through it today, is uh, the Gordon the Gordon's shopping spring. Dude, like, we just, I'm going to pull it up. We got to run through this because, like, these are, he's hitting grail on grail on grail. And, like, honestly, like, if I was him, I mean, this looks like one of the most fun shopping sprees in the history of shopping sprees. Like, just going nuts. So I'm pulling it up on my screen right now. Let's see if I know how and to do it. And by the way, he's single-handedly, like, bringing back uh, it's communities. It's pretty amazing. Guys, he's it's buying awesome. doodles. He's buying doodles right now. Come on. No, he no, but he bought, dude. He didn't buy just a doodle. Can I? Can everyone see my screen no. right now? The only blue chip that he, uh, uh, it's like, oh yeah, everyone see my screen? Yeah, 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 we see it now. So let's just go through this quickly. So um, here we go. We have the Fidenza, uh, seventy nine ETH. I mean, first of all, Fidenza, what a beautiful. I mean, like this is one of the. The, the true grails. Dude, you have one of these, I think? Or and, and Tao, you do too, right? No, no, didn't buy one. We were starting a Fidenza DAO and uh we just couldn't get over the hump and enough money like, to did do you it. Ever end up making a move on yeah, these? so you know I don't tell Gordon, but I basically took one of my ape drops and or I took the ape drop and I immediately uh went and bought a Fidenza with it. <laughs> what what did you get Fidenza at? Uh it's a good question. I believe the one I got was a little over 50 ETH. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's such a great, it's such a great NFT. Um, what's this? Can you, does anyone know the story behind it? Can, can, can you guys give some context there? Mike, do you know about Tyler Hobbs and, you know, any of his story at all? Candidly, I don't. I, I just know that um, if you look at any of the, you know, Jenner of Art on Artplex, you know, he wasn't the first, uh, but his, he was the one who resonated, you know, most dramatically. I wish I actually should know the history. I think it shows you I'm a little bit more. I, I've never been an art collector, and I, I've said mm -hmm. this before on different shows. So this is some of the first yeah. art I've ever collected in my life. I've not been down to you know Marfa, where, for example, the Art Blocks Art Gallery is. And okay. uh, when I have more time, it's something I want to do. 
Um, but the bottom line is, you know, people just believe that sort of aesthetically and creatively, you know, this has been, you know, ordained the grail um, yeah. from a provenance perspective. Obviously, you just showed Chromie Squiggles has been, you know, ordained the grail. Because I'm, about, the I'm about to bring up the Chromie right, Squiggles. So I'll let you talk about that because you're yeah. actually an art historian. No, I, I just think that I just think the Chromie Squiggles is also it's funny because at first I, when you first look at a Chrome, the Chromie Squiggles as a collection, you're like, what is this? This is so silly. It's like, it's just like a, it's a little like squiggly line. It looks so ridiculous. It kind of almost mocks in a way art. You almost feel like if you're like looking at this from an outsider's perspective, but the other part of this, like this is, this is Snowfro. Um, and like, this is the original, these are, this is the original of, of what put, this is really, this was the first NFT collection on art blocks, if I'm not mistaken, is that correct? Yeah, exactly. The creator of our yeah. block, Snow Crow. First collection. Yep. It's creator. definitely the one that popularized the collection. So, yeah. yeah. He also he didn't mint out the full thing in the beginning. He kept a yeah, bunch. Like and he only just recently finished the mint. He just finished exactly. yeah. Yeah. If you got yeah. the day zero, hour zero ones, like they're worth a ton because you know, nobody was really, not that many people were paying attention. And so, totally. And they just, like, it's fun that there's like some different, the different variations and different textures and different textures have different rarity. They just move kind of, also. It, it kind of just, uh, I don't know. Is that a, is that a thing? I don't, I don't, I'm not sure, but here's something really cool. That you click did. on one. Um, if you actually saw, uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Do they? No, I don't think so. Oh what yeah, they do. You're right. Oh yeah, yeah. They do. They do. They move. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Most of the art blocks are like active living files yeah. where there is yeah. something. Crazy. That's what's part of the beautiful thing about this. But what I thought was really cool that he did. So we were at um, we were at one of the uh, the the festivals. Uh, was it Art Basel maybe? Um, or it was either Art Basel or maybe it was an, actually I think it was Consensus. One of those or South by one of the three. And um, what he was doing was he was you basically scanned your your you should gave him your code your your ID number of the Chrome squiggle that you had, and he printed a physical print of like a, on like an old school photograph of the Chrome of your specific Chrome squiggle, and then he signed it. And I have this in my office now, and it's just like another like late. I thought it was such a cool way to like in, to like give back to his community, but like meet people face to face, and then have them leave with this like physical memorabilia of their piece. Uh, I just thought it was really uh, just a brilliant idea and a special, special um, way to engage oh. his audience. Just, uh, for some history, just for some history, this, I think he started the collection November 20, November 27, 2020. So that was right before yeah. the, the NFT boom. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. couple, I don't know much about the mega four Sentinels that he bought. Does anyone um, know about yeah, no, I I know about the um, that's from PTM. His 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 thing applied applied primate. It's like a they call them like L twos of apes. So mm -hmm. some of the bigger holders um, of apes have created like um, these projects. This is one of them, which is like uh, their own thing. So I think he's he's supporting like the, the communities. Yeah. This one, you know, I'm so happy he did this. And I love how he also said it. He's like, I bought, so he bought a one of one, a one an unrevealed one of one of Jack Butcher's Opepin editions, which, you know, I think we, I, I we have. No, we, we have, have as a group. Yeah, we have four of us. Yeah, yeah, we in all share one. Yeah. In our Warwick Dow, so everyone here is in the Warwick Dow. We share one of the one of ones. I personally own a one of one. Um, and I love how he said it. He goes, 
I want to be a part, I wanted to get an unreveal because I want to feel and experience the journey from start to finish, which is so cool because like, that's really what it is. Like every one of these things, like he presents and reveals a new, a new, if anyone's not familiar with how Jack Butcher and his art works, um, the Opepin editions, there's, there's basically, um, the edition sizes are one, four, five, 10, 20, and 40. Is that correct, guys? I believe so. The edition sizes. And, and there's going to be 200 reveals over time. Um, each reveal has those different, um, those different sizes. And, um, and there's about, what is there? 8,000. Uh, there'll be, there's 16,000 in total. Now we're up to reveal. Drew, you still to... lost. You, you lost your bet with me, and I don't think you've you've made good on. Oh, it I, have it, I have it. I have to. I just sent it to my own wallet. I send it to you. Okay. To yeah, I but I'm. I think I'm going to win the bet with um with Beanie. So Beanie and I have a bet that it was at point six, and I bet him it hits point. It hits um one e. One e. No point nine before it hits point three. With you, I had it as a. It was point four. Point. And I lost. Yeah, I went. But I went under point three with Beanie, and I think I'm going to win that one. Um, but anyway, so the so he reveals a different uh, a different reveal, um, and it's and it's on occasion, and and they're really interesting, like collaborations, showcases of new artists. Um, there's been rumors of an X copy one potentially coming up in the near future. Uh, I think that would make it fly. Um, what was the most recent one again that everyone was like Spiggle. clamoring? Spiggle. Oh, the one was amazing yeah. uh, that was one i really wanted i still haven't gotten a reveal yet so and i pick and choose which ones i opt into because you know the cool part about this is as more and more get revealed the unrevealed is deflationary it's, it continues to um it continues to get more and more scarce so that's a this is i'm really ex excited that he was able to showcase this as part of his collection he also grabbed a clonex um which i think and he bought one that i really am happy he bought he bought one of the murakami uh collections which is the only two that i have left personally i only focus on the murakami traits of um clonex now just because i think those are special in a way uh oh this is a dna reptile actually i don't know if that's a it's a different unique type i don't know i'm not exactly sure i'm not even familiar yeah, that's, with not, that's not murakami no this yeah. is not the murakami. No, it's not, it's not murakami what is this this is like a really really interesting one i don't I'm even know what it is surprised the floor is still around nine eight eight point five on that um what's an orange it's an or there's only three of them for sale 12 eth 16 eth and 45 eth um i'm not even familiar with this one uh do you guys own any um artifacts sold out yeah we i think i sold um so i still have a, i still have a bunch a lot of shoes a lot of shoes in my house <laughs> physical oh shoes i have so many shoes it's unbelievable so yeah, I have like a, I have a. Dozen. I have another four coming in like June. I, I, I have a, a box of six just arrived. My wife wants to kill me. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I have I I I I'm a big believer in all of their like. I love the fact that Nike and and Artifact are um, together. I think it's a great way for it's the right partner for Nike to have a role in Web three. Um, it's a great support for Artifact, and I think they're going to continue to do really cool stuff. Um, it's world of question, women. Do believe, question: Do you believe in Artifact or do you believe in Dot Swoosh? Because like I, this, I, this I believe in artifact. No, no, I believe in artifact. Straight okay. up, they're one of the true. They're one of the OG original brands that were native to Web three. That um, you know, with a brilliant creative minds behind it, that are authentic to the space. And even though they were acquired by Nike, um, a traditional corporate Web two brand, I really believe they've held true to a lot of their beliefs and a lot of their approach and a lot of their communication style and a lot of their their releases. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I've been excited about what I've seen from them to date so far. 
Yeah, I, I just don't think I don't think I think they're great, and I've I've met the team, and they're they're awesome people. I just don't think it's like an opportunity to make money anymore. I think it's like the speculation is gone because they're acquired. I think like they'll release cool stuff, and I think I think they're probably happier that there's like less speculation because they don't really care about the floor. They just but, care about doing cool stuff. But you are forgetting though that Nike is an is a brand that per- appreciates with time. Do you know what I mean? Like you get you try to go back and get an original Nike Jordan from the eighty five or nineties or stuff like that. Those things are appreciating over time. So like my thesis about about the the NFT sneakers, which I own a bunch of the digital sneakers as well. Like I own the Fuocious ones, the the um, the bird. What's the pigeon? Um, J- yeah, Jeff Staple. Jeff, Jeff Staple. Staple. Jeff Staples. There's only so many that could fit that sort of bucket before there's just too much supply of that. Meaning like, just like the new stuff that's coming out. I just like, if you're trying to get a cool shoe, that's great. Like that's what I'm doing. But if you're trying to like flip and make money, I I don't think like the speculation aspect is gone, which is why a lot of, and that's, it's not just them. It's like them doodles, a few others where it's like, Hey, we're trying to build businesses here. We're not here to like make you money speculating, which by the way, Everyone just uh, takes that as like they're dead, they're a rug, they're this, which is sort of stupid. And totally, um, totally. Uh, world of women, World of Women. He bought one for seventy. Uh, he also grabbed a Mochaverse. Mochaverse has been on fire. Have you guys been following Mochaverse at all? Not at all. Judas, you know about what, what Mochaverse has got going on with Mocha? I haven't. I mean, if I'm being completely candid, I've not spent much time uh, focused on P2P NFTs for a long time. Yeah, the Mochaverse one is cool in that it's, I think it's Animoca's project. Um, Mm -hmm. And if I understand the long-term goal, it's a virtual, you know, there's some sort of like a metaverse virtual world type component. And Mm -hmm. uh, because they have such a broad portfolio, Animoca, in terms of companies they've invested in and incubated, you know, things like Sandbox, uh, I think there's a lot of IP uh, that they have the ability to integrate into that. Uh, But it's very, very early. It's yep. interesting, you know, to see them take the tack of, you know, having the NFT out there, for example, so early in the process. Like, I, you know, I agree. Very similar, yeah, very similar to what Board ABI, you know, big, you know, what they did. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, over the last two, three years, we've seen, hey, maybe folks have been criticized for that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I mean, it's a, it's a great way to build interest in the product that you're building. Really. And the floor, the floor is high. The floor is two, two point three right now in OpenSea. That's pretty high. It's right very high. It's very high. I sold, I sold a couple early on just because like I was uh, I was trying to focus on getting liquidity for the ETH run. And um, it's gotten way beyond that. So I got to like, I'm like looking at it like, wow, I can't believe how how much this run. But, you know, I do give it credit. I think there's a lot of potential there because of the fact that like, like Mike just said, I think that the project, the, the businesses that have a network of IP and a network of games. So like if one thing doesn't hit, or you can leverage and like the, to me the whole part of the blockchain is interoperability across ecosystems across games bring your assets bring your ip with you bring the things that you've gained from one place to another so when ip can represent when an ip or an nft project can represent a, a suite or an ecosystem or a network of of games metaverses ip i think you're setting yourself up for something that's really interesting so I, I love what I see from Mochaverse. Do you guys By see the way, that he- the number the number one rank just went for twenty ETH like two days wow. ago? That's crazy! Wow, wow, that's interesting. Um, wait, the next couple purchases are really interesting. Eighty nine ETH on an Azuki. Thoughts? I, I think that's a spirit one. That's like a pretty uh, popular. 
community, like there's a spirit DAO where they've basically propped up the floor every time there's been like scandals with Zuki. Um, spirit wow. DAO has, has saved them time and time again. So, so the floor on the floor on a spirit right now is a hundred ETH. Um, yeah. you know, I lo I lost a lot of faith in Azuki during that period where they like kind of really botched their their art and like really and botched the comms and yeah, I don't who know, hasn't it, man? <laughs> That's well, like that, part of course, you know, botching I, your beat. I know, I know, you're right. I just I don't know. I felt like it was so un uh, it was so like poorly thought through. It's like I don't mind when people swing and miss, especially if they're trying something unique and new and and taking a big swing. Um you know, when you swing and miss and it's a safe swing and miss, that's even like, it bothers me even more. But um, no, I, I hear you, you're right. Has there any, has there been any strong V2s other than a mutant? Maybe space doodles for that well, half a second? Oh, uh, wait, V2s, you mean like- like Yeah, uh, like, like, like supplemental drops, right? Like, I, I, well, the metal was a disaster. We're about to talk about Mebits. I mean, Mebits, I think has always been solid. Mm. Mebits to the punk, so he dropped- Jesus. Well, so the next two purchases are fucking awesome. First of all, a doodles. He bought this gold background doodle cat with a crown for 69 ETH, number 35 in terms of rarity. I didn't even um, know they had cats in the in the set. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a cool cat. No, this was a cool cat. Yeah, this is wild, man. Um yeah. unbelievable. 69 ETH he spent on that one. The floor now for a cat head is 100 ETH. Um, so yeah, I didn't even know this either. Uh, that's a really nice, that's a really nice sale for the doodles collection. This one I'm like jealous of guys. I got to tell you. So I, my, my big me bit play was I purchased a, um, you got your pig, the pig, which is like, you know, six ETH wasn't crazy. I mean, the skeleton is so cool. Look at that with the skeleton shirt. I mean, this is so awesome. Um, I know, Mike. You and I have talked a lot about Mebits. We've always kind of been on the Mebit. We've been on the Mebit train for a while. It's something that'll carry carry longevity with uh, with punks. You still feel positive about Mebits? Yeah, you know my my <laughs> my friend Sergio Silva, who who you guys know, Sergito. Yeah. Um, you know, he he started that I, you know, with some folks, Mebits DAO, and uh, he was doing that Mebits themed um, you know collection uh, of open editions. Uh, that was oh. very similar to what Punk 6.5, uh, I'm going to get the number, 2.9 was doing. Not, uh, what's been interesting is I think people have just felt like the new Yuga hasn't necessarily nurtured Mebits. Uh, look, Mebits like, is pretty much faded by most people, okay? So it's definitely mm -hmm. contrarian to be supportive of it. They kind of look silly, even though that one's pretty dope. Yeah, um, and... Yeah. You know, the theme, I think, was, hey, this is bringing punks forward, like, into, you know, 3D, and these will be metaverse compatible. Um, mm -hmm. But then, you know, the, the Larval Labs guys sort of just pieced out, and I don't know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, 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 and the and new like, CEO, the new CEO sort of threw them under the bus a little bit with his, like, announcement. He's like, you know, so, and he's, he sort of made it unclear what the future is for them, he if they're even in the future with you go with them. He got rid Which of the head weird. of Mebits as well. Yeah, Did he they like fire, I yeah, I they fired the head of Mebits. Danny Green, yeah, my friend. I, so, so like, I mean, there's I, no one running. There's no one running Mebits anymore. Yeah, so, so I, it's I weird. Always thought, I always thought that Mebits. Uh, my perspective was is that like with the acquisition from Yuga, they were going to let punks be like the the holy grail art collection things that only museums can touch. But Mebits would be their playground where like they bring them to the metaverse. They have like experiences and activations. Like that was always my thesis there. Um, do you think that's still in play? He sort of said no. 
like that's like I, I, I'm not, I'll find the tweet, but he yeah. sort of said like, yeah, Mebits is a disappointment, and we don't know what to do with it. But that was like the gist of what he said. I don't know. Like, I see Judas nodding his head. He did something like that. I, uh, yeah, you, you didn't see that, Drew. There was a big sell-off after that. I know that, and I, I actually sold a couple myself after it. But like, I wasn't. I didn't get the vibe that he was like calling it quits on it. Like, I do you remember the CEO's of- name? Do you know that his name? What's his name? Yeah, yeah Daniel Allegra. Yeah, Allegra. Yeah. So, yeah look, I, he's, I, a, he's I, a competent, I, really talented you know, business person. He was at Google when I was there years ago. I think maybe YouTube after that. But uh, it's been, you know, it's been interesting. I think. Look, it, it, they changed leadership too out of necessity. I think, correct? Right? Like Gordon had to step down. So, yeah, yeah, that was, wasn't yeah. one of the founders sick or something? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that, no, and that was Gordon. That's his. This is wallet. Yeah, yeah, Gordon was the sick one. I didn't even realize that. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's why yeah. he stepped away. And that's why yeah. he's coming back with a vengeance, buying all this stuff. I love it. Love to see it. Love to see it. Uh, okay. A few, oh, we'll run a few, a few here because then we have a, an exciting one. Cool Cats dropped six ETH on a really cool one, TV Face. Cool Cats is also another project where I feel like they're kind of like trying to find a home. Uh, are they, they're over now. They got acquired by, um, they got, they went through a couple. If you, if, uh, not acquired, their own, like, the biggest, I think, of- holder is Future. They're part of Futureverse, but I think they just yeah, sit on the board of- and they're just like, um, they like investment as well. Yeah, they like investment, but I don't think they own it. Compl- I don't think they have a majority ownership of it. They also just signed the but partnership think- with Animoca uh, to bring them to Japan or something like that. Some something. Yeah. Know, so there's some yeah. I really like the Futureverse um, people. They're really smart. They're they're smart people. Yeah. Uh, I know. I think I think dude said um, maybe your investor or someone, but like. They're they're smart. They've got some cool tech there also. That's just not like I think they're just biding their time. But Futureverse has some really cool. Yeah, Futureverse has some really cool tech like AI. Um, they've got something around like taking like two D images and turning them into three D. Like, there's some cool stuff that they just haven't fully released yet that I think they're going to do really well with. I actually wrote a small angel check. I didn't even, not even through the syndicate or the fund. Uh, I know Shara was doing some fundraising for it for a while back, so I wrote a small angel check into them. So I, and I so I've like I've always kind of rooted for, rooted from them for them from the sidelines. But they um, they're definitely an ambitious team. Super sick tech. Uh, they they've been really hyping up this whole new AI direction where it's like owned AI, which I think is a beautiful concept in itself. Um, they've just, but they, were, but they were doing AI stuff before AI blew up with yeah. ChatGPT. No, no, like no. even the early, the yeah, early yeah. stuff before um, Fluff World was AI stuff. Totally, and their AFA team, their sports teams. Mike, you familiar with their world? Mike, no, that's Mike. I don't think. See no, sorry, buddy. I mean, oh, oh it, no, it's 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 Jared who invested in them. It was. Uh, I thought it was Mike yeah, for a second, but it was Dicker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, okay, so oh, you're talking about the root. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So root. it's it's complex. Like I'm familiar with it, but it's this world where they're combining probably what nine disparate um, projects. I mean, you have to be really, really deep. They've been building lore over call it you know three years now, right? Um, you know, from everything from uh, I, I can't even remember the names of all the projects. Remember the bunnies? Like the, a- ASM, Fluff, Fluff World, Party yeah. Bears. And yeah. it's really elaborate. I think it's very, very cool. And um, it's an extremely competent team. I just, and, and I think it's very creative how basically every project and any, every NFT that you own, they have these burrows and like, it, it's an actual world and the NFTs are building it out. 
And um, and what's interesting is for investors, uh, they it's not like you just get the token like you do in many cases where you're a venture investor. You actually have to like earn it yourself by like putting in the work and you know, utilizing the world and uh, you know, purchasing the NFTs and staking them and doing all kinds of things. So it's a, I think it's a pretty cool conceptual network that has and again a disclosure. You know, I'm an investor in um, in this uh, futureverse via ASM as you mentioned, but the um, you know it's a long play and and so you have to be patient and. What they've been able to do is by creating this lore and this interplay between, you know, close to a dozen projects, they have a really, really passionate, deep group of folks who like love them and, uh, and, and sort of spread the gospel. That being said, it's complex and it hasn't come together yet in a way that certainly I think the average person can understand. Like you'd have to no, read a book I, manual. I, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I actually think that when I think about the top tier teams right now in like com coming from the starting at the NFT world and like building out like worlds around their IP, I personally, I think it's like the three that come to mind first and foremost to me are around Futureverse, um, you know, obviously Board Ape and Yuga and then Wilder World. Those are the three to me that are building the most ambitious visions of uh, like immersive worlds and technology um, that are really like investing heavily in the experiences and bringing on top tier talent like from the previous Web2 gaming and metaverse and like world building worlds. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, listen, any company that's putting in that kind of effort and has that kind of an ambitious vision, I am an utter support of. Like that's the, those are the people that I want to, to get all the attention, all the attention, like forget all these speculative bullshits and these spin outs and Springfield blah, blah, blah punks because someone wants to make a quick buck when, you know the simpsons talk about it like for me it's the it's these teams that work every day in the trenches trying to really innovate and build a future for web3 um i want to support whether i'm an investor collector or not i want to support these guys like these are the groups i like to support um so well, real quick goblin town is on the list here yeah. can we get can we get some context listen they, they only they, he only bought the the collections uh you know that I think he's either associated with or he feels whatever. Um, yeah. I actually knew he was he was buying it. Uh, I've met him before. And when he tweeted out he was going to buy some stuff, like any founder, I just DM'd him and I was like, hey, would love to give you a great goblin. Uh, and he was like, no, you don't need to. I plan on buying it later in the week. I have a funny caption I want to use, which he used is like, I bought a Beeple, uh, which is funny. <laughs> and... Um, and and so yeah, he's just like I'm. I'm gonna buy the one like I like, and like yep. I'm I'm buying on taste. Um, yep. So yeah, that that was fun. We got um, if you if you look at the his tweets and look at the impressions, it just shows like the the level of like you know of, of potential still there is just. Yep. Uh, I think he got like three hundred thirty thousand impressions on his um, on the uh, on the the punk, the, the, the zombie punk. And he had like oh, yeah. 310 impression, uh, 310,000 impressions on the goblin one. And maybe yeah. it's cause he like tagged people and people tweeted about yeah. it or whatever. So it probably helped. Um, yep. but like everything else was like in the hundred, hundred K range. Yep. Did the, uh, did the floor for the project move on his purchase? Yeah. But here's the thing. And everyone here knows this is right. Like this is, these are all like BS pumps and no offense. Like it's great. He bought it. Um, but what happens is, you know, someone buys it, they're speculating. It's a speculative. Totally. totally and totally. so, like, the floor, yeah, the floor doubled, and then the wall started forming, and then the wall started forming again, and the person who bought 50 of them, you know, dumped it, and then, you know, it's like, it's yep. the same yep. stuff. So, it's just like, 
No, to me, this is all the reason why I'm going through this. But it's fun, and we enjoyed it. But like, it's not sustainable. Yeah, but the purpose of this is that I think that what he did was he curated, uh, to me, very meaningful, like the Atom Bomb Squad, um, Pudgy Penguins. He dropped 40, 30 ETH on a a really cool Pudgy Penguin. The gold skin, um, like just very cool. And then obviously bought a really cool Cryptodes with the mysterious hoodie Cryptode. And then obviously this all began with the Zombie Punk, which like, I mean, I just want to talk about for a minute because like, I don't know about you guys, but I think we're going to see a, a hundred ETH floor on punks in probably, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was the end of the year, but like, I don't think punks are slowing down again for a while. Um, because I think they are the store to me of all. What is it right now? What is it right now? Um, Jet punks. Uh, you know. Punks. I don't, don't, Cause I don't think they sell on open. Yeah, they Larva labs. Yeah. The Larva labs I have to go to, or what do I do? Crypto punks, crypto punks yeah. for sale. So, you know, like CryptoPunks for sale, it's right 60. now about to be approaching 60. 60. I mean, I, so I own personally yeah. three, three and a half punks. I still don't feel like I have enough. Like, I just think this is one of the, this is the Bitcoin of, of NFTs, in my well, opinion. Wait, this, group, never- this group in particular has been saying that for, since I got into the space, that you guys would take punks over apes. And honestly, I thought you were stupid. It tends to, it feels like. We did that. Probably- we did that as a group. Remember, yeah, yeah, we, we were de- debating what to do with, with the DAO. We're like, we're not good traders because we all have jobs and things to do. So we bought a punk uh, oh, as a group, yeah. as opposed to, and, and at the time, punks and apes were the same price. It was 60, um, I think, somewhere like that. Yeah. There's some really yeah. cool, there's some really cool ones too that I'm looking at here. Oh, I love, I love punks. I just think they're a beautiful piece of art to represent this NFT art revolution. And we'll be at the forefront in the first chapter of every textbook in the history of art education in digital technology education. Like this is chapter one, right? Like, I mean, it's definitely I want to play a soundtrack to that, you know, you're just like, (laughs) it feels so, and this this is so beautiful too. Do they ever hit an ETH all time high again? That's the question. Do we do they hit an ETH all time high? An ETH all time high. In yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I the ETH all time high wasn't so crazy. What was I it? I think like it was a, like one forty. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah punks, punks no are question. going to a million floor. A million is fun. <laughs> a million is fun. Um, all right, let's keep let's keep it rolling. I know we went off the timing clock here. Let me uh, stop sharing. Um, Gordon Goner, props to him. This was fucking awesome. Let's talk Solana. Solana. Look at the look at look at Mike. He's already got a big grin on. Um, all right, Mike. So here's my here's a couple of questions. First of all, what my first question is obviously Solana's running, the floor is, is is looking good. For the people that like maybe even a little bit of a primer, can we talk a little bit base about why does what makes other than speculation in general, what drives what how does Solana's token accrue value? Um, and like what makes it attractive as a um, as a token investment or a token to hold? Yeah, so that's an interesting place to start because I would say that the tokens value accrual mechanism, mm-hmm. candidly, it's not its you know, current point of strength. I think uh-huh. in the long, it accrues value in the same way, in a very similar way, let's say to you know other L1s like ETH where you, know, you have um, you know, block space and people pay basically a base fee you know, per transaction and then a priority fee 
you know, if they want their transaction to. So, so what, do think, what do you think is driving the the momentum right now? Like, what do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, basically, Solana has a bit of a different architecture in that uh, it has localized fee markets. So you know, the example with Ethereum is that like if any, everybody's competing for the same block space and with uh with solana that's just not the case they have basically there's like the, you know there's parallel processing and you have the ability uh for you know basically localized few markets where one application can be running completely separately from another and those markets um for block space are different it allows for higher throughput at lower fees um a little bit separate than your value accrual question but the point is um you know, if you you can do many, if not most of the things you can do on Ethereum and Solana and vice versa, uh, same same with other you know, alt L1s, right? Like Aptos and Sui. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, as you go further and further out, uh, like to Aptos and Sui, and, you know, there's lower fees and, and really fast, you know, confirmation times. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you know, there's, there's, quote unquote trade-offs, right? You have folks who are very, you know, the, the folks who are purely ETH focused would say that Solana compromises on, you know, perhaps decentralization. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, I think Solana folks might argue that not that's not quite the case. Um, mm -hmm. They would say that, you know, the tokens are held by a uh, you know, more concentrated group of folks on Solana, you know, all these things. But the way I look at it is we're like a you know, less than a decade into these smart contract yeah. platforms existing. And we're saying that, you know, we're building literally like the future of um, your future infrastructure for applications that aren't controlled by single entities uh, that should last centuries theoretically. And yeah. so it's really early as, as they say. And so I think what's happening with Solana right now is people are realizing it, it didn't go away. And right now it is the most credible alternative to ETH. And so, you know, I said earlier in the podcast, I believe Ethereum is inevitable. Yeah, that's a slight exaggeration, but but I do think Ethereum is going to make it. And mm -hmm. uh, right now, I think the market's saying, hey, we think Solana has the best chance of being, you know, the, the next other one. Um, and so there's a pricing delta of like, now it's closing a little bit. And I think it's, you know, less than 10x. But, you know, for a while, it was 20x, right? I mean, or, you know, something like that. Yeah. What are in terms of applications really quickly, because I think that's also what's really to me a couple of weeks ago on few, I was saying how I think that Solana is, is primed to have its moment right now, because I think that we're entering into the phase of real applications and real applications need lower fees. And that's where I think Solana can really shine right now is the ability to deliver an infrastructure to enable real application usage. Let's talk a little bit about um, applications for a quick second. And I don't know if anyone here, you know, Mike is obviously by, by far the most well-informed on the Solana ecosystem. Um, so before I even touch Mike really quickly, do either of you guys have any exposure to Solana applications or ecosystem? And by the way, it's early. We I don't even know if I have any exposure. By the way, even you. I don't. Just to be clear, oh. to some of the ones like like I didn't live in the outside the city. Like there's one called Hive Mapper where you can put like a device in your car and you can earn tokens for driving around and like mm -hmm. mapping the space around you. Um, you know, that type of application, it's much, much easier for that to happen on a low fee 
uh, blockchain because you can just commit, you know, more data at a lower cost over time yeah. than you would be on chain than you would be able to uh, in a world where, uh, you know, there's there's higher fees. So yeah. uh, anyway, sorry. But but the point is, there's the same thing with gaming where you might have like auto, literally auto, auto finish deserves a shout out right now because like I have been wildly and i'm you know obviously i'm a zed investor i have huge zed collections taub and i have a big zed collection but like as anything else like i want to you know i, I want to be able to talk fairly about the entire space and i've been blown away by their execution and it, it's just a really competent competent team with brilliant tokenomic design um a good a good handle on supply chain have you, i don't know if you guys have ever even experienced the game but i've actually experienced it it's very cool it's a cool experience just outside outside of gaming, I've heard that Solana is now being looked at by a lot of financial institutions That's for exactly actual right. transactions. And I, I wanted to ask Mike about that. Is, is it just because it's faster, cheaper, this and that? Because I know Visa has a partnership with them. Um, and, and I've heard a lot. In that yeah, way. it's it's so the knock on Solana, obviously, was stability for quite a while. So, you know, decentralization was one. The other was, hey, the chain is unstable. Like there was only like the Solana Labs, you know, client was effectively the most used one, the only one. There's another one coming that Jump's creating called Fire Dancer to give some client diversity, which is really important and that redundancy. So that was keeping financial services companies away. But to your question, uh, what what they're excited about is the faster, I mean, settlement times are so critical, right? Um, some of the apps, there's one called sling.money, another one that's called code, where, you know, I could send you, I could hold up the um, scan, the code, maybe we'll do it next week, and you'll be able to scan a dollar if I want to send it, and it'll you know, settle instantaneously. Um, that's different. Like if you do an ETH transaction, uh, it can take you, know, you you guys know what it is, 10, 15 seconds, or if you bid low, it could take a while for, for your transaction to settle. So it's just different. Um, you know, the blocks move faster. And then, yeah, the fees are lower. So it's it's uh, it's very attractive um, for financial services companies. Now, obviously, there's a lot more liquidity today on Ethereum. And so, you know, when you're talking big, big, big dollars, um, it's there's no question that financial institutions for like borrow lend and you know, big issuances, of, of you know, new tokenized offerings and things like that, which I think are coming down the road over the next couple of years, uh, you're going to see a disproportionate number of those happen in the Ethereum but, ecosystem. But I am, I am concerned about Ethereum handling day-to-day -day just normal transactions. And I think that's yep. why a Visa looks at in a Solana and says, oh, this might be the solution here. Because unless ETH fixes the speed problem, it's just... I don't see how it gets that adoption that we needed to get. I hope it does, but I'm just saying like, that's probably why they're hedging their bets on. on Absolutely. Solana. Yeah. The model that I see emerging quite a bit, like you probably saw like Binance had their BSC chain for a while. Right. And it was quasi centralized, you know, base is Coinbase's right now and it's a centralized sequencer. So yeah, you know, Coinbase decides, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're valuing the transactions and deciding how they're ordered, deciding how they're ordered. Um, the, but the bottom line is not actually true. The, they're, 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 it's a centralized sequence. There's no yeah. Now they have a objective is to decentralize it. But yeah, yeah. today you know all these optimistic roll-up chains have um, uh, well certainly optimism has yeah centralized sequencer and then base is as well. Mm -hmm. uh, that ideally will change over time. But yes, right now you know you're basically trusting. There's there's some trust involved in in yeah. a sense. Uh, in a centralized party. Which because of FTX became a scary word when it comes to crypto. Yeah, oh, exactly. Now, so the 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 good news is when when um, you know basically by like verticalizing that, you know, you actually can create a really seamless experience. 
Um, mm -hmm. So the finality, you know, the, the confirmation times are pretty fast. Like if you use friend tech, um, you know, it's pretty easy and instant to use apps on base. So, you know, I, I think what's going to happen with Ethereum is, a again, a couple of these L2s are going to scale. They're going to have fast confirmation time. I don't think the fees will end up being comparable. I think they will be higher than uh, some of these Alt-L1s, but you know, there will be reasons that people will use uh, Ethereum. You know, the composability with other applications, that's where my money mm -hmm. is, really good infrastructure, et cetera. But I think we'll, yeah. you know, we'll use both. And you mentioned um, the modularity. You're going to have wallets that will have both your Ethereum address and you know Solana address, and, you know, perhaps other chain addresses inside of them. Yeah. Okay. Real quick, let's get into uh, the next next step here. So, uh, BlackRock ETH ETF is it coming soon? Um, I mean, we can blend this into a couple of things here. One is the fact that uh, ETH's been running. ETH's. I mean, ETH and Bitcoin are running substantially right now, um, and I think that both of them are running on the speculation of an ETF. Let's talk a little bit. I mean, Alex, what are your thoughts on this? Like, do you think this is a sustainable run? Do you think that the ETF will bring real, like, is it, are we seeing, like some people are saying, well, if everybody's buying the hype on the ETF, well, then who's going to, then it's going to, they're just going to sell when the ETF gets approved. I actually think this is not one of those situations. Um, no, because then they buy a, a lot of ETH. Well, so, I think that, that they, you know, it, it, should, it shouldn't. A good example is like the way I always think about these ETF situations in a weird way is like my father-in-law doesn't own Bitcoin. He owns like GBTC, um, mm -hmm. for example. And it's like, my my theory is that like the day after these these ETFs do get approved, which I do think is inevitable. I mean, I don't know, Mike, if you have any opinion on do you think they actually are inevitably improved, uh, approved? I do think so. I think it would be crazy at this point for them to keep putting up a fight. But you have to imagine that every broker or every person, that we're, every wealth manager of these firms, the day after this gets approved is going to be rushing to call their clients to be like, hey, guys, this is a product we now have available. Are you interested? And like, can you imagine them all saying no when they don't have any crypto? Like, I mean, I it's literally going to be like the wolf of wall street like leonardo dicaprio making that phone call <laughs> totally the <laughs> rushing like slamming i got him down for six bitcoin like you know like this yeah. is like, right. well, but what happens if it doesn't get approved like i that's my like what if this is a head fake and and people are buying this and, or they delay it right they might come out and say actually we're going to delay it another six months <laughs> Like, is I don't think they can. I, I think it would go to the courts. I think I, I could be wrong, but I think with the Bitcoin ETF, I think they're at the sort of like federally mandated final uh, delay stage where they need to make a decision. And then if they said no, I believe it would go to the courts. I don't want to spread misinformation, but uh, but I think like January is the end of the line on making a decision. And the ETH, so this, but the ETH one is a new discussion. This is kind of relatively new. Yeah, the ETH one is, you know, it's more speculative as to when and if that will get approved. But mm -hmm. I think you know, getting a Bitcoin one approved would probably be a pretty good indicator that the Ethereum one would as well. Right. Yeah. I, I, all right. Let's quickly move. We to, should. Uh, well, we sorry, we yeah. got a quick a quick Top Shot. When we made. Okay. By the so way, did he see something in the garden? The math on this, it was Drew. You know, in the chances of landing a Wemby. <laughs> Dude, so first of all, let's talk about them. So I, I'm literally texting Goldberg. I'm like, yo, help me figure out this formula here. I'm like, uh, I'm like so, so if I bet, if I buy the packs for this price and the rods are, anyway. So uh, a fun little thing here. So anyway, Top Shot, by the way, um, been rocking. They had, they sold their first debuts of the rookie debut packs. Um, they had 6,000 packs and about on the first release and 20,000 people, uh, 20,000. Uh, Lose you? Thank you for forcing. Either leaning into. Well, he looks earnest. 
What was the jury, jury lost you for a second. You froze. Oh. I, I, now I get cut. The top shot one is when I get delayed. I get the frozen here. I'm sorry. Um, we don't have any more time for you, Drew. We're moving on to the next number. Press the button again. All right, man. 14 and 7 doesn't cut it, man, for all the hype. But um, um, am I, no, am you, I still you, lagging? Or? No, 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 no you're, you're, you're good. You're good now. Okay. So, I mean, first of all, Tab, you're a former top shot collector. Did you make any moves in top shot during the. Are you going to get yourself a Wemby? I'm a seller in the Top Shot ecosystem. <laughs> I'm not a buyer. Uh, I'm, I'm a seller. Uh, you want to buy my Top Shots? I'm happy to sell them to you. Um, first of all, it's too hard to sell. I'm happy to broker for a 5% fee. <laughs> no, listen, I, listen, I see the value, right, in, in, in like, you know, Michael Jordan rookie card type of situation where you have a generational talent. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, I'm sure one day Michael Jordan will come to Top Shot and everyone will be really excited. But it's it's um, I don't know. It just it doesn't. I'm sure there's ways to make money, but like it feels like you're you're scraping for like beans, right? Like you're not. This isn't. I don't feel like you're going for 10x. And maybe like you land the number one Wemby, right? Like great, you'll you'll make a hundred grand. Um, but I don't know. It just feels like there's easy if you, if you're in it for the money. Right, it just feels like there's easier ways to make money than this. Like, I also, I also like the courtyard model a little bit more at this point than than the top shot model or country yard. Or I don't know what it's called, courtyard, but the physicals to the digital pairing them, as opposed to just the digital. I I like that more. Yeah, I don't know. I just I I um, like there's so many. Well, first of all, just in terms of Wemby, like he's he's a he's a freak, right? In terms of like generous talent. Um, and he and he can like win you a game, right? But like, you're gonna need to see some consistency for this thing to be worth anything, right? Yeah. And like, we definitely haven't seen that yet. Um, and I'm also just surprised that like Scoot Henderson has been playing terrible. Like, I just thought he would translate a lot better than NBA. Um, but like, listen, he's 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 a sight to be seen. But listen, he comes to the Garden and he, you know, has like a nothing burger there. Well, and then maybe that was more like Mitch Robinson shutting him down, but. Um, I don't know. Just it feels like high risk, very little reward for uh, Wemby, yeah, but also just in general on on a lot of this stuff. I, I think if you're like sniping stuff and you feel like you know what's going to happen and you have a really strong feeling that this player is going to be worth more, sure, buy his moment for ten bucks and then sell it for two hundred bucks. But like, True. all right, like I don't know. I have a question. Feels how, like how are Zion to buy a shit coin? How are Zion's doing? Because I think that's that's a good barometer because like he's come he's dropped down to earth a lot recently. So if Wemby follows that trajectory, how how are Zion's doing in that case? Uh, well, you just logged off. Logged off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm very laggy right now. I don't know why. I'm gonna have to refresh. But um, can you guys hear me? Okay. It's, yeah. Really it's good. it's it's literally uh, the sign that is just it's it's over. All right. All right, we'll move on. That was fun. How about NFT royalties? Yeah, no, let's go. Yeah, let's talk NFT royalties. No, no, no. So, this is something I actually personally feel very strongly about because you know, when we when we originally did Goblin Town, we made it uh, we made it free, obviously, and um, and we sort of our thought process at the time was like, hey, if we do well, we'll be compensated, like instead of being the, the immediate, like we sell something, we make a ton of money. It's like, no, we're gonna. We're gonna give it for free, and then if it does well, we will be compensated, you know, for that. And obviously, it worked out really well, um, and, and it took off. 
But I just, I think you, you like, everyone's like, oh, well, go find another revenue model, go find another innovation. And like, good companies will find more revenue models. The thing is like, this was the innovation. This was the attraction to artists. This was the attraction to innovative, innovative people to come and hey, you can try new things and you can be compensated for your work if you're an artist, which sometimes you, you couldn't in the same way. So I just, I find that it's sort of silly um, and the people who typically don't want uh, royalties are really just traders who want to maximize the amount of money they're making versus actually people in the community or people that, um, you know, uh, care about the stuff. So and and and, and I, I, I also understand that, like, the fact that technologically is possible to bypass royalties, like just it will happen. Right. If it wasn't blur, it would be someone else. Uh, and it, was, it has been other people historically. Um so I think there's only two solutions here, right? One is people just don't build NFT projects anymore because, you know, or they, sorry, there's a few options here. One is people just charge a lot of money at the front and they charge as though they're charging for the amount and for the future royalties and they just bake it into the price. And if it does well, it does well. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. That's one option. Two Option two is um, just people aren't building anymore because it's like not as attractive, right? Like people aren't building for their goodwill. They're building to either build a business and, just like people trading want financial, you know, independence. So do people making art or building companies. Um, and then the third option is it just gets baked into the contract. Uh, actually, sorry, there's four options. Third option is it gets baked into the contract and it's just a new standard that like, you just can't bypass it. Right. There's a few ways you can go about it. Um, we actually played around on the truth side with a new standard that, that the, uh, uh, our dev team worked on. Um, but it needs to be adopted. So that's like, unless, unless everyone's going to adopt that standard, it doesn't really work. And then the fourth option is what Magic Eden is doing, which is, is really impressive. Um, we've talked to them a bit and uh, they obviously announced a thing with, um, with Yuga uh, like a two weeks ago or last week or whatever it was, um, which is they're launching a, a marketplace and essentially what they're doing, I don't know how, how explicit they've made it yet, but they're basically like you block everyone else and you, only use us and we will fully enforce royalties. And the only way you could do it is if you have the, um, the operator filter, which is a thing in the contract, which basically lets you uh, block exchanges and, and you can control where it is. And when we changed over our contract months ago, we had this in mind that like, we just want the control of, of what we're doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think that, the magic Eden's of the world good, but like, what do you do about historical projects? Um, you know, it, there's a few options. Uh, we took one way. I don't necessarily recommend it to anyone, but we just thought it was best for us. I wouldn't recommend like punks to like launch a new contract. It doesn't make any sense. There's historical nature there. Um, but there are some cool new things with like, and I, I did a whole tweet about this with uh, Ferocious. He, um, he used the backpack um, uh, there's a specific name for the contract. They use the, the the backpack tech where it's like NFTs within NFTs. So there's a cool thing you could theoretically do with like launch a new, like launch the same NFT and make people put it in that NFT. So you have the historical aspect of it. And then you can basically, you know, go and um, uh, uh, like incentivize people to move it over. So anyway, long story short is I'm obviously a big fan, but I, it, not just for us. Cause I want to make a dollar or two more because like this space will be better if it's financially motivating people to do stuff. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. This is the innovation. So this, this move against royalties is, is just killing a golden goose that has been built and created and it's been proven out. 
Um, that's why you get, you know, things like goblins and all these other dope projects that have come out. I, I just think it's led by traders. The problem is we're led by speculation and traders, not necessarily by utility and innovation. Um, and we're killing it. So, you know, if we continue down this route, I really just believe like it's just going to hurt the space overall. I do hope that Magic Eden does take prominent position as a marketplace because I think that's the only way, at least in the iteration we know of from 21 and 22, that our, you know, Web3 universe kind of like survives in that iteration. If it doesn't, then we're going to just have to create new new revenue models, which in essence is not necessarily what was what was really built. So I, I, I personally uh, I personally agree with you. Yeah. Drew, any last thoughts before we, uh, we call, call it? Are you still lagging? You want me to close it out? Oh, you're back. I, I see your head moving. But I think he's lagging in here. Oh, basically frozen. I'm frozen. Yeah. I think I'm okay. I'll, I'll end it off. Yeah. I'm lagging. Bring us home, Alex. Bring us home. Yeah. Okay. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe if you like this. Uh, as always, the podcast is going to be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in the next 24 hours. Thanks again. See you next Friday. Thanks, Mina, for coming. Uh, I realized we also didn't introduce you in the beginning. I don't know I if you want to introduce I was, I was a noob standing. Also, Brown, you know, so it's good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for coming. See you.